Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, Welcome, everyone, to a new edition of the Backdoor Cover IB Sports Gambling Podcast. I am your host, Keith Fleming, finally back together with my man, Alan, a.k.a. Actively Lazy, a.k.a. Silky Johnson. What other uh, fake Facebook profiles are you have you had to use lately since you've been in Facebook jail, Alan? Oh, the Silky Johnson thing is old. It's um Dave Chappelle. You ain't gotta tell me. Yeah, I'm not no, Joe Max, no, bro. It was a, no, it was a handle. <laughs> it was a handle for my flag football league a while back, and then I just kind of like gave the Silky account off. Silky Johnson. Yeah, I gave the account off to like three or four people, and then I had to get it back, and I tried to bring it back. Well, oh, I might have been getting catfished, is what you're saying? No, no, that was definitely <laughs> all the last thirty days, man. I get. I get banned for the dumbest stuff now, man, and I, I'm not even trying to to like start anything. And I get yeah, you're, you're you're saying that unlike RC, you're not, you know, RC will admit sometimes that you know I may have gone a little too far. No, nah, he, he said. always he always goes too far, but I mean that's because he's you know it's his group. <laughs> he's the man. He's the boss. Yeah. Just, unfortunately, I, Facebook needs to realize that you know in the group he should be able to say what he say, he wants to say. He's the boss. Like he's the CEO. Uh, but it is good to be back, man. It's been a while. Uh, you know, I apologize that we haven't gotten together more, but, uh, today we're getting together because the NBA playoffs are starting here in a few weeks. It's kind of, it's been a weird NBA season, right? That it just, between the, the fact that the games, you know, it's been a shortened season. There's been so many injuries. I mean, I was trying to look at teams that had not had one of their star players, uh, you know, miss considerable amount of time. There's not many. Uh, and then obviously we still have not gotten back to, to crowds yet. It just, it's kind of felt like a weird NBA season. Do you, I thought that the, the quality of the basketball was much better in the bubble last year than what it's been this year. Do, do you agree with that? I think people were just so starved for sports last year that the bubble just kind of got, um, a boost for ratings and, and drama. Um, I don't know if it's fair to say that it was better because it was right. a condensed version um, with with a majority of people who didn't honestly want to be there, but you know <laughs> they they played anyway. So uh, I know a lot of people, a lot of of a certain demographic of fans, put a lot of stock into the championship and things like that. And then LeBron <laughs> came out, and I think he said something like it was the hardest one ever. He's, no, wait a minute now. Let's get it correct. He has now won two the two toughest championships okay, that's in NBA said. history. Yeah, that's I love LeBron. I'm a LeBron fan, but come on, man. Let's yeah, go. So, so, I mean, it's a little over-exaggerated there, but – um. <laughs> The quality of NBA of the NBA was okay for me until everybody started getting hurt, man. And I mean, it was it was just so bad. Um, and as a gambler, it got to the point where it was so frustrating that I just quit because yeah. I would I would be mid bet and I would get goofy alerts from Roto Grinders like, "Oh, sorry, actually he's out," or maybe he's in. No. We'll, we'll know by tip-off. Like, what? <laughs> Do you like, think yo, the injuries are related to the season being so much longer last year and the guys didn't really get their normal break? Or do you think it's just kind of bad luck? Well, I mean, it's a combination of things. Um, you can't ever accurately predict injuries, per se. Uh, I know the players are – some of the players are pushing the fact that uh, the season started too quickly and things mm-hmm. like that. Um I'm inclined to say that it's a it's more of a combination of players just not training the way they used to train um, for Look durability purposes. Yeah, for for durability purposes. Honestly, um, everything is like now in sports is generally um, fixated on like explosion and or bulking up to a certain level, but there's no real balance in a lot of the workouts anymore. Uh, with our like athletes and basketball, I think because of the condensed schedule suffered a little from that. Um, and as you can see, like 
it wasn't like this in the beginning, but pretty much after All Star break, guys just started falling apart. Dropping like flies, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I hate to start here because depending on how you feel about it, the playing game has been for some that they, they love it, others they don't. I, I'm all for it. I mean, I, I think it, anything that is going to draw more eyeballs, it's going to make something exciting. And it, the the big thing for me is it kind of at least eliminates some teams from tanking uh, and makes it a little bit more difficult. This and and then obviously the combination of them changing the percentage of the the lottery balls, but. I mean, it's crazy to say this, but but I've got to say this. So, first of all, the, the regular season is ending Sunday. Uh, I don't think any team now has more than three games left. Uh, so, the playoff position is almost taking shape. We're, we're real close to it. So, again, the second year of the playing games, that means that the teams that finish 7, 8, 9, and 10, the 7 and 8 will play. The winner of that is the 7 seed. The loser of that plays the winner of the 9-10 game. And they would be the eight seed. Well, with the LeBron and AD injuries, the Lakers right now look like they're going to be in the seventh seed. They, they they gave a glimmer of hope by winning the game last night against the Knicks as they are currently a game back at Dallas. But Dallas has such an easy schedule uh, remaining. It looks like we're going to get the Lakers versus Golden State in that 7-8 game. And again, it's shocking to say this, but I would not be surprised if that's the case. That ends up being the highest rated NBA playoff game for the 2021 season because, again, it's a one-game deal. They're going to hype it up. Steph versus, you know, LeBron and AD. Um, I mean, that's good for basketball. It is. Uh, like, it is. Did you Did you hear what you just said? What's that? Steph versus LeBron and AD is yeah. it space is it Space Jam's three? Pretty much. Yeah, at like this point. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's playing out of his mind. But if LeBron and AD are healthy enough to like legitly play that game, the only way the Lakers lose is is just Steph really is the greatest shooter of all time. I he mean, goes he, NBA like, Jam. Like, and he yeah, just he's got, I mean, he's literally like got to never miss, you know, because. <laughs> LeBron and AD are a tough cover for anybody um, when you factor in their size, um, their playmaking ability. I just don't see how he could possibly keep up with both of them. Like one or the other, I give him a shot for real. Right. But if they both play and they're both healthy enough to play, like they're not like gimp or anything. I mean, he'll give it his best shot for sure. But man. Could you imagine the storyline, though, and just Chase Howell and the Ivy Sports Group alone, if, say, somehow Steph does have, like, I don't know, 50, 55 points, the Warriors just make a, a crap ton of threes, and they win that game, uh, it would be, I mean, Skip Bayless would be the happiest man in the United States, maybe with the exception of Chase. Uh I do want to talk about something because it looks – I mean, can we agree, though, we think both Golden State and L.A. probably are going to get in, that the Lakers will probably win that game, and then I do see Golden State more than likely beating either Memphis or San Antonio? Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not – I'm not – well, hold on. Um. If the Warriors play the winner of the 9-10 – do they get home court? They do, yes. Okay, and then yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. So before, because I do want to talk about the seating on the west side because of the playing game, but real quickly, let's do the east too. Uh, for Boston, who it's been a mess of a season anyway, I, they, I don't think they were going to do anything. I know some people thought they had this switch that was going to get turned on. Jalen Brown is now out for the year, so uh, I think we can officially say any chance of them doing, really probably even getting out of the first round is officially dead, but – they are currently the seven seed. Charlotte, who has been such a fun squad, who again has dealt with a ton of injuries, they're the eight. Indy is all of a sudden kind of caught back alive as uh, they're starting to win some games again. They're in that nine seed. And then the 10 seed, of course, Russ Westbrook, who in <laughs> the Wizards. The other night, did you did you get to watch the Hawks game where he broke the triple uh, the triple double record? I don't support Russell Westbrook. Okay, I just there. I, I do want to say there. There's not a better perfect encapsulation of everything that Russell Westbrook is than the game that he breaks the triple record or triple double record. 
I mean, I want to say he had like 27 points, like 19 boards, you know, 15 assists, just this unbelievable game. And then four and a half seconds, he's got a full head of steam against my Hawks. I'm happy he missed it. And he takes like a 20-foot jump shot when he had four seconds and a full head of steam where he could have kept going right to the basket. Uh, but instead, you know, pulls up and takes this honestly really bad shot. And it's just that's what Russ does. I, and I'm not disrespecting Russ. I think he's incredible at what he does. But it's just amazing that he's one of those guys that – for like that first 59 minutes, he is unbelievable. But, man, I don't really want him that last minute. It sort of reminds me a little bit of Giannis right now uh, in the NBA as well. That It's like, you know, he has all this ability, but when when the game gets tight and it matters and, and you know, shots are harder to come by, it's not the guy I want. Uh, do you think any of those teams, Boston, Charlotte, Indiana, Washington, have any chance of upsetting – either Philadelphia or Brooklyn. Well, I guess technically Milwaukee still has an outside shot at the two seed as well. So one of those three teams. I'll disrespect Russell Westbrook and say that <laughs> um, <laughs> that is him. That's the epitome of Russell Westbrook. You know, you get your stats, you get your stat stuffer, but he's not hes not the guy that's going to lead you to many big wins. Like, he'll win games, but, like, lead to many big wins. And I know Corey and I battle on this all the time. Like, that's essentially my Russell Westbrook hate. We've been at this for years, and that, and that's my thing with him. Like, he won't lead you to big wins. Um, so we're talking about beating, like, the top three teams in the East. None of these teams really stand a chance. But I would love to see the Charlotte Hornets as much as I can because I'm a Me big Mellow Ball fan. Yep. I like the way he plays. I like the energy that they bring um, on the nights that he plays. I, I think it would be good for um, the playoffs – uh, and, and as a whole, if LaMelo got an extended stay uh, in the postseason, no matter who the matchup is, just ability alone would be great. Also, and good for I his want, rookie card, right? Yeah. Yeah. And also, I want to say that um, the I kind of disagree with the Giannis comparison. I understand where you're coming from. The difference in the two is that Russell, for what it is worth, no matter what the moment is, he's not scared to take those shitty shots. That's he's not fair. scared. He's not scared to be the guy with the ball in his hand. Giannis got a lot of um, punk in him. I'll put it. No, that way. I'll, I, keep, I'll keep it PG thirteen. No, I know what you're talking about. Yep. He's got a lot of it in him. He's got some ghosts. He's got to um, to get out of his system. This he's be willing to go Kobe yeah. occasionally, right? Yeah. I mean, more or less. I mean, we we know his limitations as a shooter, uh, but he can score. And and I think sometimes people forget that that's two different things like shooting mm-hmm. and scoring yeah. are totally different and that's my thing with, with Russell Westbrook he settles to shoot when he's actually a better scorer so go to the cup man nobody's gonna stop you like every time you duck your head and, and drive on those fast breaks nobody stops you but every time you stop to shoot these contested jump shots your percentage drops like 30 percent like the same with Giannis Go to the basket. Who cares if everybody knows you can only go right? You're literally longer and taller. Make than them stop you, right? Large. Yeah. Like, make like, them stop you. Like, make them play that that clunky zone that um, Miami yeah. ended if up they having. they converge, you're going to have yeah. an open shot anyway, right? Yeah. Like, somebody's going to be open. Or be a better passer. I mean, there's, there's still elements to his game that are flawed. And the performance last year in the bubble um, is, is, to me, this is a make or break season for him mentally like if he can put that behind him and elevate his game in this postseason and at least get to the championship I think that'll do him wonders as his career goes further but if he comes out here man and and I'm like we have a second round exit like it's gonna be really bad like they they remember they're they're staring Brooklyn down in the second round so it's not gonna be an easy matchup yeah they jumped on him last year they're really gonna jump on him this year and I also disagree that it won't be an easy matchup, but we'll get to that. <laughs> okay, cool. So one other thing before we get into the, the actual, you know, big boys and, and talking about who can really make some noise in this playoffs, because you brought up LaMelo. Did the Warriors make a huge mistake? Is it too early to say? You know what? No, no. I was saying that two weeks in. <laughs> every okay. time that boy got so on the court. So. Yeah. yeah, every time he got on the court, it was obvious. It was obvious man and the the main reason why that's an issue is because they picked 
They picked up Wiseman. They don't even use him right. And then they blame him for, for everything. He's a fucking rookie. It's Wouldn't LaMelo be a great player with Clay and Steph, too? Because he, he's he's so good without the ball. He's a great yeah, passer. Right. Like, it would have been, been beautiful. It would have been beautiful. It would have been poetry in motion. Seriously. Cause, Cause, he is a he's a party starter. Look at when he gets the ball in his hands, and look at the fast breaks that they run. Look at the movement on the offense. Just look at the team. When the boy is on the court, it is a totally different team. They would not be an eight seed if Lamelo Ball was not on Absolutely. that team. Period. They don't have anybody else that can facilitate like that. And f- facilitating in basketball is for some freaking reason now an undervalued art. Like it. it you, you just can't find pure passers anymore. Like they're, they're Look at what Chris Paul has done the yeah. last two seasons, and that's all you need to know about the value in it. Yeah, and I mean, Chris Paul is also like a, a huge floor general on the defensive side, too. If mm-hmm. LaMelo ever develops that, then God help everybody. I don't know if he will. I don't <laughs> know right. if that's in his DNA. But from an offensive standpoint, like he's definitely already years beyond what I think a lot of people expected him to be with the ball in his hands. And, um, you know, when he limits his turnovers and he's focused, his defensive effort isn't lacking at all. Um, I, I really think he's got a bright future in the NBA and that the Hornets might have actually gotten it right by, by the sheer luck of the fact that the Warriors <laughs> finally got something wrong. <laughs> thank, thank God, finally. Uh, moving on back to the West, because this was kind of what I wanted to get into, because I've been thinking about it a lot. You know, the Lakers have fallen back into the, the play-in. And, and again, I, I've been disappointed with a lot of stuff LeBron said recently as a fan. You know, he, he complains about the playing game being stupid. It's like, dude, you had not said anything about it for two years. And now that your team is in that position, now it, it's stupid. Like, that bothers me. But I think you can make a case that it's actually going to set up well for them. Because Phoenix has been great. I don't think Phoenix is a very good matchup. Like, L.A. is is a really difficult matchup for Phoenix. Obviously, uh, you know, Phoenix has got a lot of guys other than Chris Paul that have not been in this situation. So, are the Lakers, you know, say they get in that seven seed, have they potentially, you know, lucked their way into a matchup that could be, you know, probably the easiest out of the potential four top seeds for them specifically? Because Utah has got Gobert. Obviously, you know, the Clippers got Kawhi and stuff, some good guys that can guard LeBron. Uh, and, you know, Denver would, would joke, it's a, maybe you could make a case for that. But I, I think the Phoenix matchup is actually a good one for the Lakers. Um, honestly, at this point, is there is there anybody that we can really look at and say that this is a bad matchup for the Lakers if they're healthy? Like, no, left. No, that's like, right. No. Nope. Um, Especially with the way they've played defense this year without yeah. LeBron and AD at time. I I personally would like the Suns to be the team to, to play the Lakers because I know the Suns ain't going to be afraid of the Lakers. Right. And, and, that, and that's historical, honestly. You think back to the Roger Bell, Steve Nash teams that played mm-hmm. Kobe, like – they were outmatched to a, to a certain degree. Uh, some of those series, they were really outmatched, but they were never afraid, you know? And I look at the Suns team, and, and I see that element in them. Like, they're not afraid to play people. They're not afraid. Devin Booker is definitely not afraid of people. And Chris Paul Chris Paul has no fear of these guys. I mean, him and LeBron are good friends. If anything, he's probably got a ton of intel on LeBron and how to play him and, and pretty much how to play everybody on that team like he's a really smart player he's one of the few people that i can't wait to see what he does post post career i would love to see him as a coach because he's really smart he's really got these boys playing some good gritty ball like that's the thing that people don't realize like the Suns have have grinded out some games yes the scores are like 119 to 116 and things like that but they they have their go-to scorer in devin booker and then they've got their floor general and chris paul and they've got Three other guys on the court with them at any given time that know what they're supposed to do as role players. And that makes them dangerous. Like, not necessarily that they'll beat the Lakers or or make it far, but that is, to me, the concept of what you want in a, in a championship caliber squad. You want somebody that you can go to in the clutch 
people that are willing to make sacrifices, to hit the floor, to play defense, to draw fouls, to do the dirty stuff. And then somebody that when the game gets tight can kind of put people in positions and, and stay composed, keep everybody composed. So they are a wild card to me, and I think they're a live wild card. So to your point, that we obviously had the Western Conference Final in 2010 between these two teams, the 2007 first-round matchup between them. They also played in 2006, 2093, uh, but the Suns have obviously been a long time uh, since they've been in the playoffs, so good for Phoenix in making that. In the Western Conference, you know, Utah, they should be able to get by the eight seed. Uh, you know, Steph is as good as he is, even, you know, I don't, I don't think he can get that done. Is Portland going to be a problem for Denver, or have they kind of figured out now that the Bury injury has had some time to, you know, sort of reassess what they're going to do? And Jokic is, I think, arguably, I mean, honestly, inarguably, the MVP of the league at this point. Do you think Denver is going to be able to get by Portland? Because it looks like that's going to be the matchup. Um, It's all up to Michael Porter, honestly. I mean, uh, Corey and I used to have conversations about this in private all the time. If you had to pick your two main guys on the Nuggets and the, the third that was expendable, who would it be? And um, Be you know, Porter and Jokic, right? Yeah, he, he was Porter and Jokic from day one. I was hesitant on Porter uh, just because it didn't seem like he really bought into what they wanted to do as a team. But, um, I mean, I came to see the light pretty soon. And, yeah, Jamal Murray, you, you want him on the court, but it would hurt them more, I think, if Porter or Jokic were gone than if Jamal Murray is gone. Like, if you had to pick, it would probably be him that you want to be out in this equation. And if Michael Porter shows up and plays the type of ball that he's capable of, I'm a Blazers fan, but, man, I mean, that's just too much. <laughs> it's just yep. too much for for a team that literally has no no desire <laughs> to play defense whatsoever at any given time. And their offense is stagnant. Uh, they, they do a lot of unnecessary isolations. The ball sticks. And you have a team that likes to play this hot and cold game that I call it, where it's like, okay, Dame's hot, let him shoot 20 times. Okay, he's cold now, give it to CJ, let him shoot 20 times, and then hope that somebody from our from our bench will also give us a couple points. Like, it's just... Mellow take those shots. Yeah, it's just, it's just ugly basketball. But I'm concerned about the Jazz based off of what I was reading on Roto World before the, um, before the podcast, in that, one, Donovan Mitchell hasn't played basketball in a month. Like, literally, hasn't played in a month. Two, his status on whether or not he'll be available um, by round one is in question. Same for Michael Conley, just not without having played in a month. But his status for round one is in question as well. Um, Donovan Mitchell is a streaky guy, man. And with that long of a layoff, I am concerned that he's going to come out rusty. And if he comes out rusty, this team will not be beating um a lot. They might still squeak by the Warriors because of home court, but they're not going to make it far. So let's get right to Denver then in that situation. It sounds like Denver may have a fairly easy road to the Western Conference Finals. And outside of the Lakers, do you see a team that is a terrible matchup for them? Um... Because, I mean, they would avoid the Suns, the Clippers, and the Lakers in that sense. And, you know, obviously get to play a Utah team that is, uh, if not at 100%, definitely not a cohesive unit at that point because they haven't played a a full roster in in quite some time. You said they would avoid the Suns, the Lakers. The Clippers and the Lakers Mm -hmm. Lakers. into the finals of the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, unless you want to count the Mavericks. As a potential, right. um, and the only reason why I say that is because. Um, but right much, now the Mavs would also be avoided because they would play yeah, the three six. Yeah, they're the six. Now, I wonder if the Mavs. No, nah, they probably wouldn't be willing to just throw that away because they they want to play the Clippers. They definitely and you, like. And you and you definitely don't want to get in that playing game either. You yeah, know? definitely. So yeah, I don't see I don't see anybody really matching up well with them. Um, when you eliminate those particular teams um, and then they'll have home court as well. And home court in Denver really is a home court because of the elevation. Usually teams kind of 
take a couple games to get get or the reason I was saying that, Alan, because you know obviously we're a gambling podcast. Yeah. Denver to lose in the conference finals is plus four fifty. So if you're somebody who does not think they're going to make it to the finals, but you're looking going. You know, they just got to get by the Blazers and then beat the Jazz to get to that position to potentially lose to the Lakers, potentially lose to the Suns, whoever you think it is. That's not a bad bet. No, I don't think that's a bad bet at all if, if it shapes up like that. If they remain a four seed, um, I would definitely look into that. All right, so let's move on to uh, – well, actually, while we're here, we're going to go uh, – who who is your team in the West? Do you still think it's the Lakers? Yeah, I hate to be cliche. You kind of got into your head. But, but no, it's I mean five to one is I mean you're getting five to one on LeBron. It's just that's what, what I was gonna what say. LeBron, what LeBron am I getting, bro? Because hey man, you start. Well, actually, to let forward. me go over these odds real quick. I'm sorry. So in the West, you got the Lakers and Clippers both at five to one. The Jazz are seven to one. The Suns at fourteen to one, and Nuggets at twenty five to one. Uh, to win the final. Sorry, this is to win the finals. Uh, I'm with you though. I mean, it's hard to believe that LeBron and AD, if they're healthy, which I mean, do you think LeBron's statement that he made about you know I'd never be a hundred percent? I almost wondered was he talking about this season or do you think that was just LeBron being LeBron? Would it? I didn't. He said that. that he said that basically with this last injury, he would never be a hundred percent again. Uh, you know, healthy, and I, a lot of people took it as him, you know, being LeBron and, you know, saying he's never the same, which to a certain extent is true. I actually took it as more of him saying that for the rest of the season, he's not going to be 100% and just, you know, use the word ever, meaning I, I think he kind of misspoke. I mean, to be honest, LeBron is super dramatic. I get oh, yeah. that. But in the, in the history of the game of basketball – I don't know if anybody's ever taken that kind of care of their body. Like he, his durability is, to me is just out of this world. We're gonna if look back look, at it and think like he was a robot in twenty. No, years. I, I, I'm serious, man. But the amount no, of minutes yeah. that he's logged, like it's not even about you know. Yeah, obviously this this era is not as physical. I get all that, but the man is running up and down the court in general. Like the amount of minutes that you log on the hardwood. The fact that he continued to attack the basket his whole career um, and remained year girl, 18. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, we're talking about stepping on ankles and things <laughs> like that. Like even even the the inevitable freak injury. Like mm-hmm. even Kobe broke down at one point. Right. Yeah. Like a injury or something like that. Like it was a freak injury when he got older. Like we still haven't seen that with LeBron. And and um, I think that's that's a testament to. Um, to just science and somebody that really appreciates their craft and respects their craft. And with that being said, I think there's truth to that. He'll never be the same again. Like I, well, shit, he's 36, ain't he? 35, yeah. 36. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yep. at, at some point you're going to turn that corner. Unless you're Tom Brady, you turn that corner <laughs> and you, and you, you start to decline. And, um, that is undefeated. It's yeah, for against Tom Brady. So and that's, that's my concern a little with him. Um, even if we get through this year, think about next year when it's a full like season, man. Like, is this going to be a constant thing where he's just picking his spots? Excuse me, picking his spots to play. And if that's the case, that is though kind of the goal, right? Appearing with AD though is that eventually he would kind of move to being definitely the second best player on the team. And they, have you ever checked AD's injury history, bro? I, I, I'm not I call, disagreeing, but I'm I saying was that him, not I call sort him of frail body. <laughs> I call him frail body for a reason. I don't know. I I mean, I get why he picked him to be his, his running mate, but there, right. there could have ever been a true, like, succession plan to have AD put it, like, get into that role of, of alpha male. He's got to play 82 games. And yeah, like, that's he'll, that's never, issue he'll himself. never yeah. yeah, he'll never do that. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to read too much into it um, because LeBron is still competitive. And when people start talking trash on him and, and saying that he's done, it's probably when he's going to show up and actually be the dog that we want him to be, i.e., what, 2016 when he was with Cleveland. Everybody yeah. wrote him off. I, I mean, you know, you, you probably won't ever get that kind of LeBron back again. But even at 85 90%, he's still the best player in the league. 
So. And don't forget the playoffs that the Lakers had last year. It was almost like they kind of turned on a switch, even, you know, last season as well. One more thing on the West before we, we kind of spend some time on the East. Mm-hmm. We're going to – it looks like get the rematch of the Clippers versus Dallas. What do you think are the chances that Luka, who, you know, gave them all that they could handle last year, Dallas pulling off the upset this year and getting past the Clippers in the first round? Uh, <laughs> man, I said it last year. Yeah, they got to hurt Luca, man. He he destroys this team, y'all. Yeah, that was he unbelievable just, last year. That was the best. moment when I was like, man, this guy is really special. I've uh, been no, I ain't never, I ain't never gonna say that. Luka, uh, I think he is. What did I what did I call him the other day? Serbian Serbian Harden. Like, I, ain't, <laughs> I, ain't going, I ain't going that far, but uh, but he he matches up well with the Clippers for some reason. He he gets they get his A plus game. Um, if Porzingis is healthy, uh, I, I can still see this being a problem for the Clippers because the Clippers only have one player that's really willing to do what it takes to win basketball games. Paul George is a dud, bro. Like, I hope he turns it around. I've never seen somebody that talented be such a punk in the playoffs. And I want to use stronger words, but we're we're a family program. But he is he is whack, man. Like, you got Seth Curry, punk, man, I ain't never letting that go, you know. Like, just as a person, as a person, I think Paul George is a punk. And I know people like, you wouldn't say that to his face. I definitely would. I definitely would. Like, it's Remember, not- this is the guy that decided he wanted to stick around and play with Russ in Oklahoma City. So Yeah. But it, but it to me it shows up in his game. It yeah. shows up in his game in the postseason, and that's mm-hmm. that's a problem. That's a yep. problem. It's gonna get to the point that Kawhi is just gonna be like, yeah, I can't trust these dudes and try to do everything himself, which we kind of have seen that at times and with Kawhi. It didn't work out well last year in the Denver series. That's kind of yeah. what it turned in in the Denver series last year that they lost. Yeah. So I I mean if I was the Clippers, I would be worried about playing the Mavericks because again, it's it's a matchup thing, man. Like uh. Like that time that the Warriors matched up against the Mavericks in the postseason when they were eight seed, it was like, yo, they play their best ball when they play this one particular team. And that's when Baron Davis went like Super Saiyan and they ended up winning it. But it's like, it's just a matchup, man. And, and that's the thing with the Mavericks. I honestly couldn't tell you exactly why, because you, you would think that with the limitations of, um, of Luka as a shooter, that he would be an easy assignment for Kawhi Leonard. But the problem is other people get off because Luka's mm-hmm. such a great passer and Kawhi's essentially stretched in because he's got to cover too much space or he's trying to overcompensate for everybody else not doing what they're supposed to do. And it just it's just a bad matchup for them. So, yeah, I would be worried if I was the Clippers. All right, let's move over to the East for a little bit. Uh, you know, we talked about this off air before we started the podcast. The Nets are plus 230 to win the finals. The Sixers are 8-1. to one. What am I missing here? Because the Sixers have been arguably the best team in basketball all year. Embiid has been arguably when he's played the best player in basketball all year. And I feel like with the Nets, and I know you're going to have a different opinion in the sense of why they can't get it done. We learned this in 2000, what was it, 11, right, with the Heat, that you can't just throw people together and expect it to work immediately. That's just not how it works. And this team has not even played together. I mean, you, you either have Harden or you either have Kyrie out there or KD. And I just I do question, like, are they going to really going to be able to just go through? Because they're going to have to beat both the Bucks and the Sixers just to make it to the finals. Um, and I just don't know if they've played enough together. And I know a lot of people say, well, the talent they got, it's over. I disagree. I just do not see the Sixers getting out of there. And I like much more the 76ers at 8-1 to one if you think somebody of the East is going to end up winning the finals. Yeah, so um, I didn't get a chance to look at the Bucks or the, the 76ers games. But the Bucks have never played the Nets with their full roster this year. So they're 2-1 and one against the Nets, but they've played Durant, They've played. Has Harden. anybody played? Yeah, the like they've, they've never played all three together. Um, and, and so that might be a, a, a interesting element. Um, I don't think the Nets are built to to win it this year anyway because they they don't really have a. I don't think they have a, a dependable like reserve for their for their backcourt. Um, and if Kyrie and Harden's availability is going to be limited. 
Um, more so Harden. Harden to me is really the cog. Like you need him mm-hmm. there to, yep. to distribute because he gets everybody involved. So if as long as Harden, you see Harris and all these yeah, guys have yeah, as long as, as long as Harden's on the court, then they they probably stand their best chance. Um, you know, people keep asking who gets the ball at the end of the game. KD, right? Durant's the, the hardest cover in the NBA still, man. Like, he gets the ball unless he wants to pass it to somebody. But, I mean, just don't tell Kyrie that. Uh, at the end of the day, though, at the end of the day, they have absolutely nobody on that team that can stop Embiid. They don't have anybody that can stop Giannis. But, I mean, when I'm talking, like, Embiid can literally put a 50 spot on these dudes. Right. Every that's- night. And that's a problem because if Embiid's putting up a 50 spot, he's also getting everybody involved and he's probably getting about. 15 to 16 boards. He's, he's going to shit on DeAndre Jordan. That's not a problem. And he's really he's like, stopped taking a lot of the bad shots and spending yeah. so much time away from the basket, which Doc Rivers, I guess, deserves a lot of credit for that. Somebody does. No, Doc's a solid coach. I mean, you know, he has his limitations, but he's solid. And then the issue, too, is like, yo, when you if you roll out, let's say you roll out of the lineup with Embiid, Harris, Simmons, uh, Curry, and, and Green. All right? One... Ben Simmons as a as a defender is like just his he's just too underrated honestly he's too underrated and I would like if I'm the Nets I don't want Ben Simmons anywhere near Harden or Kyrie because he changes people's games like his defense is that good so if you can get Simmons against Harden it might it might disrupt that offense enough to where you could really see where Embiid, who's averaging 29 a game now, could, could dominate and facilitate. Milton's a solid uh, shooter and score. He's a good he's a good spark off the bench. And Seth Curry has had one of his best years ever from three point range. Like it's it's a good build for a team that also knows how to play defense when they need to. Has a floor general for the defensive side in Simmons, and also has um the coaching edge against everybody in the East. So I hate to do this, but I've got to spend a few minutes talking about my Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Who? My Atlanta Hawks, the current number four seed. Come on, don't be a hater here. You know who they are. The, are they seriously? And this is not just me talking as a, as a fan or a homer. Are they probably the most dangerous team of the non-favorites? And just, and I'm, I obviously don't think they're going to win, you know, multiple matchups and like get to even say the Eastern Conference Final or the Finals. But they are the team because of what they do and how they can score that they present the biggest danger of upsetting one of those top three seeds of Philly, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee. Because I think, well, maybe you can make a case for Miami too, but I think outside of that, there's just no chance that those three teams are going to lose to anybody other than themselves. I think the Atlanta Hawks are the most dangerous team out of Atlanta. And that's <laughs> what, <laughs> like, I hate to pull a car. How, Sway? How? Ouch. Ouch. How? Ouch. How? Uh, how, how, would they, how would they possibly, in a scenario where the 76ers, Nets, and Bucks play to at least 85% of their capability, unless the Hawks play the most perfect game ever, how could they beat them? You're not going to tell me that a team with John Collins is their second best scoring option on any given he's night. He's not their second best scoring yeah, option. Yeah, on any given night. He's not their second best scoring option anymore. 76ers, Nets, or Bucks, man. Like, how? How? Not Trey Young. I mean, I love him, man, but they, no. They, but, I mean, in fairness, they beat the Bucks twice. We're talking playoffs, bro. It's a different game in the, the playoffs. The Bucks aren't man. that good in the playoffs. Yeah, I know they're not. So, Tell me how, then, since they're not that good. Because they're going to outscore them. I mean, they're, the Nets are the one team out of those three that I agree. I don't see any scenario that they beat them because that's right in the Nets game plan anyway. They want to get in a shootout. But I do think that they would give trouble. And, again, I'm not predicting that they would flat out beat them, but I'm saying that if I was the Sixers or the Bucks, and I'm not just saying this as a homer, but seeing what the Hawks have put up night after night and scoring-wise – they can beat teams that are not, you know, having the ability basically to score in bunches. The Bucks particularly, but I mean the Sixers as well, because outside of Embiid, they have nights that they do struggle scoring the ball. Ben Simmons will definitely like Trey Young. Or, yeah, like I, that's a terrible matchup for the Hawks. But um, as as it relates to the Bucks, 
You guys don't have the defensive toughness for that, man. Like, the Knicks would be a terrible matchup for the Bucks because they're probably going to make it ugly like the Heat did last year. Like, that's the type of team that would give the Bucks fits. Teams that just, like, cute teams that are just going to try to run the floor and out and outshoot them, you're not going to beat the Bucks like that. Like, I mean, you might win a couple games, but I'm talking, like, a series. You In the playoffs, you just can't depend on teams to score at the same volume that they do during the regular season like it doesn't matter who they are look at the Warriors the Warriors one of the illest scoring teams we've seen in our lifetime as a a team like Clay, Steph and and just those squads that they had and even their points per game dropped drastically like even their percentages dropped drastically and we're talking about elite level Hall of Fame potentially shooters like I love the Hawks but it's a different grind it's a different game in the playoffs, and when it slows down, you have to have a certain DNA about you to really be a threat to some of these top teams that have legitimate isolation superstars that can attack the basket and do what they want when they want. Okay, now that you poo pooed on my parade, Alan, yeah, I sorry. appreciate that. That's okay. That's what we're here for. Uh, in the East, or actually, let's get to these final matchups because this is something that is intriguing. Actually, let's, let's stick with that real quick. So are you on the bandwagon of the Sixers, or I, I'm sorry, I didn't get that for sure. Who do you think is the favorite in the East? Who should be the team that you're you're banking on to get out of the East? I'm gonna bank on the 76ers as long okay. as Embiid stays healthy. And yeah, and that's a, oh yeah, definitely the caveat yeah. there. So then, having said that, because I, I agree with you, looking at some of these NBA final odds. You've got the 76ers and the Clippers, and the 76ers and the Lakers at 12 to one. 76ers Jazz at 14 to 1, 76ers Suns 28 to 1, 76ers Nuggets 40 to 1, and the 76ers Mavericks, which I, I don't think Luca's there yet, uh, at 80 to 1. I am kind of interested at either the Nuggets or the Lakers. I mean, you get a 12 to 1 for the 76ers. Uh, Lakers, and I might also take a chance at the 76ers Nuggets at 41 because, again, the Nuggets may be in a situation where they really only have to face one of those other great teams in the West, no offense, Utah, uh, to get to the finals. So was it like six teams that you named? Yeah, I basically named Uh, every team that the 76ers could play in the finals. So, I mean, based on those odds, if you – just put $100 on everything if you're really confident that the 76ers would be the ones to come out the uh, East. Right. You put $100 on every game, you have to at least double up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I mean, any NBA fan of the last decade is going to caution you that Doc Rivers, he'll trick it, man. He really oh, will. And the 76ers historically have faltered around the second round. But, again, I think Ben Simmons is coming to his own, and, and Doc has such a coaching edge on all these guys that, it would, it to me, it really would take that the 76ers just have an off series. Like, they're just getting outplayed. They're the one seed. They're going to have home court advantage. Um, they haven't played all that bad on the road um, compared to all the other top teams in the, um, in the NBA right now, especially in the East. They're 20 and 15 away. It's pretty much – tied for second or tied for first all right let's go through some of these other matchups and again just tell me if any of these are something that intrigue you you got the nets versus jazz at seven to one nets versus suns 12 to one we mentioned the lakers and clippers versus uh, the sixers 12 to one the bucks versus the lakers and clippers are 14 to one Jazz versus Sixers, 14 to 1. Bucks versus Jazz, 16 to 1. This one kind of intrigues me. The Nets versus Nuggets is 20 to 1. Sixers versus Suns, 28 to 1. Bucks versus Suns, 30 to 1. And then below that, again, we're getting into, you know, maybe like a Heat Lakers repeat would be 40 to 1. And again, the 76ers, (laughs) Nuggets, 40 to 1. But outside of that, like, I just don't see uh, any of these. And I, I mean, you do laugh, but. Jimmy Buckets, the the Heat have started to play Man, good. And listen, don't anybody listen to this podcast, man. 
don't y'all take that bullshit from 2020 in that bubble and 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 bring it into this year, man. I'm telling you right now, it ain't going to be the same. It ain't going to be the same for some of these teams. And the Miami Heat are one of those teams that's going to be okay. in for rude. Let's, let's explain because I just I do I want to know exactly why because this is something that I, I do. I appreciate your expertise on this. Tell me what is the big difference? I mean, you're going to see some teams are going to get their home crowds, at least a portion of them back. That's going to be right. different. You're at least um, traveling, right? Yeah, they're going to they're going to be traveling, too. You know, like that matters. I mean, everybody's in the same spot. There's like a couple babies that Russell Westbrook can yell at. And, and, <laughs> and that's different. It's different than when you when you got like crowds. It's not fake crowd noise. It's not people heckling you or fake people heckling you and things like that. Like it. It's going to be uh, close to what a playoff atmosphere is supposed to be, and that can really affect some people. Jimmy Butler is a dog, but he ain't on a team full of dogs when, when it's really on the line. That's, That's why when heroes regress, Robinson yeah. regressed. I mean, Bam will probably do what he can, but again, it's just a different game right. this year. And, and I think people need to go back to to where they value the, the ISO, the one-on-ones, the, um, the real stars, and what they can do. You know, because that's what it's going to take this year. Any other uh, things for the NBA playoff preview that you, that we missed or you want to bring up? Um, I, I'm very high on the Suns for some reason, which probably means it'll blow up in my face. I mean, they get by the Lakers. You'd have to think yeah, that the, but, the, the, but the hardest like, thing's over. It's probably the best case scenario, right? You get them yeah. when they are just kind of getting their legs back, right? Because AD and LeBron haven't played a lot together. Yeah. I mean, I think you could make a case. It's also best case scenario for the Suns with that 2-7 matchup. This is going to be a tough future cap. So, like, if you're looking to lay futures down, man, like with the way injuries have happened this year, it's going to be tough. You know, like it's, it really is kind of a shot in the dark. That's why I think at 14-1, the Suns are a live long shot. I really do. I mean, the Mavericks at 50-1 to 1 would be something that I would love to throw like $10 on because I'm right. crazy like that. But, but like if we're talking like realistic long shots, I, I think that 14-1 to 1 odds is pretty pretty enticing. And then if you're looking for matchups, like, you know, those odds that we were talking about, like Suns versus 76ers and things like that, you can kind of build um, some, some good prop payouts for like scenarios. But at the end of the day, with these injuries, man, like, Look to hedge every. Need to bet almost series to series. Yeah, what you I mean, yeah, yeah. And and if you do lay a future, like you need to be ready to pull the trigger right. on a hedge, just because like <laughs> anything, I, I'm telling anything could happen. This One year. turned ankle and and your bets out the window. Yeah, it really is. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to talk a little horse racing because there was some drama. I know you were just. A madman uh, after last weekend. You want to kind of go over a little bit what happened and kind of just the whole horse racing in general. I mean, it's just Bob Baffert being Bob Baffert, bro. Like that's <laughs> that. I mean, in the in the irony of ironies, they ran a segment of him meeting Bill Belichick. And he he said he was Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah and, and like, he wow. said he was a he said he was a big fan, and they met and and talked. And Bill loves horse racing. Brady loves it. Welker, like all those guys, like the Patriot players, are into that. Uh, or those that former Patriot run were into that. So it was not surprising that for the thirty first time in his career, that Bob Baffert is at the center of cheating. Now I'm not gonna act like I've been following horse racing all my life. Uh, I just Got into Triple Crown Racing um, about six, seven years ago, and that was all I did um, until the pandemic hit. And then I started betting literally every track that I could possibly bet on. Um, Baffer horses are, I mean, his reputation is 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 earned as far as a trainer. Like he's legit. Except there's always some bullshit, man. He's been caught cheating five <laughs> Sounds times. Sounds like Belichick, right? He's been caught cheating five <laughs> times in the last year, and it makes you, it like I'm not gonna question his legacy. I'm not, but I'm I'm going to question like how do I cap this race? How do I bet the Preakness when I just like and it's not like it was something like super crazy. It was um a small portion of a of a like anti-inflammatory or or pain reliever that was found. Um, on the horse my issue is, is that first he said a stable boy got drunk or no the, a stable boy took so much like cough syrup that he peed on the hay and the horse ate the hay and that's how the horse Wait a got minute, this cannot be real are you no, being no, serious that was, right now that was his that was his first that was the, his first hypothesis was that oh how it happened oh my god 
Then, uh, like, then I think he blamed like cancer culture and say it was like, witch hunt and people were out what to is get it, Ted him. Cruz, you know, yeah, like and, when he and, went on that trip, first blaming it on the kids, then blaming it on his and, wife, and then. And so finally, he says that um, they applied an antifungal cream, and the antifungal cream had uh, that ingredient in it, and and that is what came up with the small amount. So. I don't even trust horse racing to really tell the truth on it. Like the guy got like Charlton was a great horse, got caught cheating. Justify legit. Like if you go on any message board and people talk about Justify, there's always at least 20 people that start on this soapbox about how Justify literally was a dirty horse and won the Triple Crown and they didn't do anything about it. And his infraction uh, for the Arkansas Derby was like $1,500 fine. Like what? That's nothing. So, um, it's it's a bigger deal to the to the purists in the sport. Uh, it's a bigger deal to people who are afraid that Peter's going to come through and try to shut it down. I don't think you'll ever shut down horse racing because like the big wigs really love it. So I mean, you might end up missing or something like that. But I don't think you'll ever shut the like shut the thing down. But uh, it's just for the integrity of the sport. He's the face of the sport as far as trainers go. And he's back, uh, uh, essentially cheating in their Super Bowl. Again, kind of sounds a lot like Bill Belichick. Uh, Alan, it's been great to get back to do this with you, man. Uh, I've definitely missed the podcast. We'll be back next week, right, with the PGA Championship preview for sure. Yeah, um, I'll be back next week. Um, I know a lot of people, like my my uncle passed away. Sorry to hear that. I meant to mention that earlier. And that delayed me um, for a couple weeks because um, I was dealing with that and, and um, you know, trying to be there for my family. And then work picked up. My boss retired. So the little bit of free time that I have had has gone into doing the uh, draft grades uh, for the website. So if people haven't checked it out. Um, it's the, great. The yeah, Falcons one was great. Yeah, I've done the Falcons, the 49ers, and the Cowboys so far. Um, I plan to try to get through as many teams as I possibly can, but also bring back the uh, baseball podcast that apparently a lot of people listen to. Um, we did one week, and like I said, I had these two weeks where I've just kind of Kill been me with out apparently. of it. Yeah, a lot of people listen to people. Yeah, I no, I mean, to say, Alan. Come a, a lot of people, a lot of people be hating on baseball. It's not gambling. It's not gambling central though. It's 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 um it's centered around the actual sport and what's going on in the sport. So. If you want to have a conversation about that or, or listen to two guys talk about it, um, one's a Yankee hater, that would be me. Um, feel free, feel free to to just kind of check the site when we post that as well. Well, again, I really do appreciate you doing this. This was a backdoor cover NBA playoffs preview. I'm just happy that the NBA playoffs are getting started. As my father taught me when I was a young man, the NBA doesn't really start honestly until the playoffs start. So. Uh, We're getting ready to get into the good part of the basketball season, but uh, I'm your host, Keith Fleming, my man, the expert for gambling, Alan, a.k.a. Actively Lazy. This has been a backdoor cover podcast episode previewing the NBA playoffs. Please be sure to follow the IB Sports Podcast Network on iTunes, Spotify, or Anchor, and be sure to share, rate, and review, and we'll see you guys soon. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money.